It's time for Glover's Golden Oldies. A look back at some of the Glover's heroes from recent years. Good evening. Welcome to Glover's Golden Oldie. Um, this is basically what you could call take two. Because in a, a moment of senior madness, I recorded Pavarotti over our guest tonight's last appearance on the show. So we've had to sit here and do it again. So welcome to the show, Paul Thorpe. Good evening, yet again. Yet again, indeed, yes, yes. I can't hear Pavarotti. Can you hear Pavarotti anywhere? Not at all, not at all. No, no, no sorry. I <laughs> sorry don't about. want you to do a rendition of it either. <laughs> <laughs> I shan't, don't worry. Anyway, um, Paul, it's good to have you on the show. Uh, as you know, uh, it's roughly a, a question of uh, Desert Island Disc meets This Is Your Life, and in your case, we've got all your records ready to go, so let's let's get down to the chat. What's your first memory of football, Paul, right now? Yeah, my first memory of football is um, being at uh, West Ham Lane School in Brislington, um, in Bristol. Uh, old leather football, trying to kick it around as hard as you could because it got a bit heavy because it was raining. <laughs> yeah. And um, I loved it. And we used to play football on, on the, you know, the school tarmac. And um, and then just uh, that was really the start. And, and the fact that my dad, bless him, got me to took my left boot off and said you, you know if you want to play football you've got to get with both feet yeah so um we sort of started doing that and um and um, my first ever position was on the left hand side which was just quite ended up quite prominent in my career because uh, they tend to put me on the left hand side and uh um and, uh, yeah a lot of fun a lot of memories a lot of fun a lot of mates kicking the ball around on the old school park it's an interesting theory of taking your left boot off i've never heard that one before but it obviously worked for you well, it's one thing I have to thank him for. It's uh, apart from travelling around the country, watching me play all his life, and he's eighty-three now, and yeah. you know, I, I, I love him the bits, and uh, you know, he, he certainly put me on the right track, and it helped me out immensely because uh, being able to kick with both feet, you know, we've seen, um, you know, players kind of chopping in on the right, or just because they're all right-footed or all left-footed, and it was uh, certainly a, a helping hand. So, how old were you at that point then? Oh, blowing hell! Uh, it was. I was um, well primary school, so what's that? Yeah, up to ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what was your first sort of involvement with the game, as it were, apart from the school football? I've been asked to go on a trial for uh, Bristol Boys, yeah, um, under 11s, and uh, I went along about eight, nine years old, I think it was, to to go on this trial. Rather nervous, and uh, got through the final trial. And then eventually we had a big day and um, we stood in the room and they were calling names out and thankfully they called mine out. <laughs> so that was uh, me up being in Bristol Boys, which then I was automatically affiliated with Bristol City Football Club at the time. So uh, Yeah. Um, so and what was this, sort of 10 or 11, something like that then? Yeah, it was under, ten, under, under 10s, I think, under 10s or under 11s. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and always a defender? Yeah, yeah, uh, always a defender. Uh, you know, the biggest thing that helped me as most of the people around you will know, is that I can head the ball and uh, with my big Swede of a head and, uh, <laughs> or big Mel of a head. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was one part of it was uh, beneficial and um, just uh, like a strong tackling, old-style centre-half. So, all right, so this was Bristol Boys. When did you first get actually signed on by a professional football club? Well, you signed on as schoolboy forms, um, I think it was the age of uh, 14, I think it was 13, 14. Yeah. And, um, you know, you're affiliated to that club. And uh, 
and that took us right the way through really playing on a Sunday morning up at uh, West Town Lane area and um, uh, that, that you know you played your, you've been you went on your training on the Tuesdays and Thursdays and then uh, played the game on a Sunday any names of any note that you sort of grew up with that have gone on to, to yeah, become was, players? Yeah, some quite prominent ones, really. There's uh, Mike Hooper, who ended up playing for Bristol City, and then Liverpool and Newcastle goalkeeper. Oh, yeah. Um, Keithy Curl, obviously went on to play for Manchester City and uh, England. Um, there was uh, Gary Smart, who played for Bristol Rovers, and Penrose, Gary Penrose, who played fought right through the Premiership and then went on to QPR. So it was, yeah, it was a fair few lads. Uh, Timmy Banks played for um, for Bristol Rovers and a few others. So, of course, Gary Pan, put my teeth in, Gary Penrice went on to, he was assistant to Ian Holloway. Is he still with that? Absolutely. I'm not sure where he's doing now, actually. But, um, yeah, very, very good footballer. P- pacey, um, sm- you know, small. And, um, yeah, decent, decent player. Well, talking of Pavarotti, here is the great man with Ness. Paul's first choice of music, which is of course Ness and Dorma by Pavarotti. So, um, what was your first, you know, involvement with, with 
when I say full-time football, I mean, you know, league football. Um, well, at the age of 16, um, I was released and then I, I, from Bristol City. And uh, it was a sad time. You know, you go across there and you get the, the dreaded no, which you never really want, but it happens. And that's part of football. You have to be able to brush yourself down and get back on the bike and uh, get on with it. And then um, I went across there and got signed up by uh, Newport County and then went right through to a play for uh, a captain of the reserves and then got on really just onto the fringe of the first team. Now, I've never really actually league football, I've not actually really played a lot of league football, but it's um, I've been like, very much on the fringe and that's, uh, you know, really, really found my level when eventually I uh, got to, um, you know, to play for um, for Yeovil, really. Mm, but I mean, you know, New, Newport were a league team then, weren't they? Yeah, we played a lot of um, you know Welsh Cup games, yeah. uh, you know, sort of um, local cup games, which was really important. Give you that experience, you know. At the time, you know, you're sort of like 16, 17 years old, trying to make it work, and um, you know, then uh, you just got to try and take your chance. And we had some really, really good players there at Newport County. There was a lot of um, uh, Welsh international players playing at the time. You know, because then the, the 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 gulf between Cardiff, Swansea, and Newport weren't really that big. So uh, there's some massive, massive games against that. And I did have the opportunity to play in some of those big uh, fixtures, like you know. Can you remember your first sort of? What should I say? You, you know, your first big, big game, big your, game, your yeah. debut. You yeah, know, Newport County uh, against Torquay United. Um, I was uh, due to go abroad to see my brother in Switzerland because he's working over there and. Uh, um, obviously, I had to stay back to play the game, and um, yeah, so we unfortunately lost the game one nil. I played alongside a lad called Keith Oakes, and there was a lad Grant Davis who was uh, who ended up being a policeman, was also a very prominent uh, league player for Newport County, and um, yeah, unfortunately we didn't win that day, but uh, um, an exciting day, but also quite a nervous day as well. Yeah, I imagine it was. Did you, you know, did you wake up in the morning and butterflies in your stomach and all that sort of thing? I woke up in the morning thinking I was going to be on the bench. All right, <laughs> I yeah. <laughs> I literally got told at uh, ten to two that I was playing, and uh, I remember feeling extremely sick and going to the toilet and um, nearly uh, feeling feeling quite quite poorly. But you know, you get yourself together, say, "Come on, get on. This is it now. This is your chance," and you go out there and do your best and. Uh, it wasn't a bad debut, it wasn't too bad. Um, yeah. I was quite pleased with it, really. But uh, with the amount of experience in the Newport side at the time, it's, uh, it was very, very difficult to get in. And, uh, you, know, and you, you need to obviously get the injuries to be able to uh, get your chance to uh, to perform. Mm. So, you know, you, you meandered on through Newport. What, what came next after Newport then? Well, we played um, Bristol City in a, uh, in a local, I think it was the early season Milk Cup, and uh, I got my opportunity, uh, funny enough, marking Tom Ritchie, and, um, who was a very, very prominent uh, um, prominent player for Bristol City at the time, and eventually I got the opportunity to play with him at uh, Yeovil, and um, uh, I had to mark him uh, right, run around the park all day, trying to chase him down, and... Uh, Thankfully, we got an amazing result that day, and we scored. We won four-one. So it was like, uh, you know. And then Bristol City found out I wasn't uh, signed on uh, full professional, and um, they sort of hinted for me to come over and uh, give it a go at Bristol. And because I was a little bit frustrated at the time, not getting my opportunity, I, I decided to make a uh, make the jump. You know, looking back on it, I think it was probably the wrong decision. But um, you know, I'm very much a person who looks forward and not backwards, and. Um, you know, took that one on the chin and uh, tried to make it work. 
let's face it i mean we all make mistakes throughout life and you can never guarantee whether the decision you made is the right one or the wrong one but i mean in your case it didn't it didn't really harm you that much because you still carried on and had a full career in football oh no it didn't harm me at all in fact you know like uh, after uh, i had an early injury but once i got that sorted and i played really really well for the first two seasons and there were you know i really really had pushed very very hard and there was talk about me definitely getting a contract by you know by this end of the second season when we we uh, won the reserve league and absolutely smashed it and um you know there was some good players in that team rob newman annie llewellyn you know keith was still there at the time but you know going into the first team as well dropping down when he was injured you know so there were some awesome players in that team and um you know that was a, a very prominent way of, of, of building me as in stature and the way we played because terry cooper was manager and you know, and it was an exciting time for me. It wasn't like a dull time. I never felt that any time that I it didn't happen that I was down about it. I just sort of moved forward, and uh, you know, there were some really great times there. Now we've got Paul's second choice in music, and it's uh, Mr. Blue Sky by Yellow.
the electric like orchestra yellow to others called Mr Blue Sky so for Bristol City what what was next after Bristol City then uh, well left Bristol City after uh, they signed a centre half from Aberdeen who was an extremely good player i got to say he was very very good and went on to a lot of higher things and um you know, it just didn't quite happen again. That thing is, hey, not maybe not quite good enough or whatever for whatever reason at the time. And then um, I got the opportunity to go down to um, Torquay United. Um, Dave Webb was manager at the time, and um, popped down there uh, on the Wednesday. He said, "Turn up." I turned up on the Wednesday. Got stuck into some. If anybody knows Torquay, there are also like seven tours there. Must have run up every one of them two or three times. Absolutely exhausting pre-season, <laughs> but. Um, I know, and then um, sort of ten days later, he agreed to sign me on a uh, one-year contract to give it a go, and uh, it was again exciting time for me, and all things were going really, really well. Um, so I was very excited. Was this this was Dave Webex Chelsea, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was eventually came to Yeovil Town as well as a as a manager and uh, in the in the back scenes as well, and um, yeah, sort of like there I was, twenty years old, finally getting my opportunity to give it a go, and. I was raring to go, um, you know, raring to go right up to the first game of the season when I didn't get picked, and um, and I was really downhearted, and you know, expressed my opinion that I was fairly downhearted, and um, you know, but they again, you know, it was just he. People tend to be going for experience at that time, and there was Paul Compton again, the bloke that came to Yeovil Town, and John Impey, and they both played for Bournemouth against Man United, so I could understand it in a way, but I felt that I was doing well enough to sort of get in, so. It was quite disappointing because you know, uh, um, because at the time um, Torquay didn't have a reserve side um, because of financial reasons. Um, it was very very difficult to get any playing experience, and I found that extremely frustrating. So um, after 
I think it was probably um, eight weeks of the season, ten weeks of the season. I went in and popped in and had a chat with him, and um, you know, and he was good enough. He said, "Yeah, we'll put the word around," and um, and then I got the uh, the opportunity to go to um, Bath for a trial again, um, a midweek game, just to sort of see how I went. And um, and then at that time, I, I got a phone call from uh, Jerry Gow at Yeovil Town to. Um, who said basically I couldn't play him on the Saturday, I couldn't play on the Saturday, but he would guarantee me a first team start against Kidderminster um, on the Monday night. So, uh, which uh, for me at uh, that time to actually start thinking about playing 90 minutes was really, really important to me. Well, before we leave Dave Webber, what was he like as a manager? Because he always, when I had dealings with him at the Oval Town, I thought oh, he was quite uh, formidable, shall we say? Yeah, you never mess with Dave Webb, let's just say that, shall we? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> Everything had to go through Dave. and um, But yeah, good character. Again, he was a centre-half, so um, yeah. for me that was really, really important. And um, you know, I got some valuable advice from him. You know, uh, Sometimes not advice that you want to hear, but... You know, if you only want to hear the good stuff, then then don't be a footballer because mm. you know, there's certainly times when you um, you know you have your down times. And you have to pick yourself up. And I've been really really lucky in my in my uh, you know career to have some really good um, mentors, really like that gave you fantastic advice. And uh, thankfully, I was the type of person to be able to take that advice on board and use it to my advantage. So now you've arrived at Hewish Park. Well, no, not Hewish Park. Hewish. Um, Jerry Gow's the manager and uh, you're a Yeovil Town player how did that go? Well for me uh, it started a catalyst of excitement and um, you know with uh, the connection with the fans um, you know I was very very fortunate to be able to score fairly early in my uh, career through a good advice from a Terry, a certain Terry Cotton oh, yeah. you know who, who said uh, you know just check your running down the hill and Coming a little bit later, and it worked a treat. So because the you know the defenders probably just would miss out because they didn't know the pitch. It was a bit of a slope side to side, and you know I made a really really good start and um, was lucky enough to, to score a winner in the last minute of extra time against Worcester in the Bob old Bob Lord Trophy people who knew that. And um, jump, remember jumping in a crowd and going mad, and um, <laughs> it just uh, it made a sort of connection because. The one thing everybody will know about me, and, and I'm quite proud of the fact, is that, that there's only one way to play, and that's to give 100%. Mm. You know, and I got told by my mentors, you only get out of life what you're prepared to put in, and you know, and if you need something, you have to work really hard for it. And um, and I, I was very much that type of player, and um, you know, I know that I was occasionally going to have a bad game, but I, I always gave 100% no matter what. And um, I think that that um, hit home with the old fans, and that sort of started a. You know, a fantastic time for me and a connection that I'll never forget. So how many of them are still in intensive care after you jumped into them then? <laughs> <laughs> Some of them are quite big lads, actually. Like, so, well, they, yeah, but uh, I expect you were as well. Yeah, not too bad. No, <laughs> See you coming hurt into water. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, scary. <laughs> so, um, you know, think of some games that you played for Yeovil that, you know, standout games. Can you, uh, oh, can you come up with many? Yeah. I mean, Worcester don't like me at all because I scored... Last minute winner against it in the FA Cup. Whoever remembers that one up at Worcester, mm. and uh, that got us through to play against Cambridge United, and eventually on to play QPR. So that was quite a prominent goal, um, and to score it in such a late fashion um, uh, was was quite exciting. And um, yeah, that 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 started some really massive celebrations. And then 
Um, like they'll the one that the, the big game that uh, stands out for me was obviously the the last game of the season against St Albans when you would pick up the trophy. Um, again, that that brings back great memories. Um, you know, sipping champagne out of glass. You always want to win, don't you? And, and to actually have the opportunity to win a trophy. I mean, we were lucky enough to win three that season. Um, with it, you know, and um, it, it was just fantastic. You know, and then another one would be when Brian Hall was there at uh, way to Wickham Wanderers, and I just put Neil Coates put a cross in, and then um, you know, I had a bullet header from about 16 yards and. Uh, I always joke about putting it right top right hand corner, and, and that's my favourite spot. But that one did actually go top right hand corner, and uh, that um, was really, really sweet—a sweet moment, like you know. More music now. This time it's the Killers and Mr. Brightside.
Blockbuster Killers and Mr. Brightside. So, um, uh, what stage of your career? How, how old were you when you were at Yeovil then? Um, yeah, I signed at um, 20 years old, and I was there for I think about seven and seven and a half fantastic years. Um, so it's always got to come to an end in it. Unfortunately, I was lucky enough to be offered a testimonial, which we played uh, Glen Hoddle Blessing Bought. Swindon down down for my testimonial game, which was fantastic. We had a, an amazing night on a Monday night, slightly foggy night, but there were 1,650 people there, which I'm very grateful for. And uh, yeah, so amazing times like so. But there, there was like uh, 27, 28, being signed by Dorchester Town. Um, unbelievably, they paid for me, <laughs> bless them. And uh, and uh, Brian all sorted my uh, contract out there, and uh, you know it's uh, the next start of my career. But you, but by this time at Yeovil, you'd obviously got married and settled in Yeovil, yeah. Yeah, yeah, married uh, one of the stewardesses' daughters, some, you know, Sam, and uh, you know we've been together thirty-five years now. So uh, yeah, it's been a problem. Married down here, got two amazing children, and um, you know. Uh, uh, there's a couple of other footballers that play, married the other two sisters as well like so uh, we're calling the football groupies like that is so. <laughs> <laughs> so what about yo um yo what about dorchester what what was life like there yeah dorchester was uh, <coughs> you know at, at the time it was a new challenge because like you know the they were at the old ground and um then there was all talk about well it was definitely happening there was the building of the new um, Duchy of Cornwall Stadium at Dorchester, and uh, so that was that was like a new challenge. Could we like then transform um, this fairly decent side into something where we could develop it into like a really good team at the new ground to push for for a promotion? You know, it was. Um, but also for me, it was a, a challenge because it was a different style of football. You know, Brian Hall wanted us to like you know stick with our men, mark them, work them out of the game. Where where um, Keith Miller, like who's uh, very much a, a come from Bournemouth and very much a, a ball player, wants you to play this more passing game. So it was a challenge to me whether I could do it as well as a, as a centre half, being the fact that you know like everybody knew me this 100%. Uh, could I change that into sort of developing my game? Into somebody who could pass the ball as well as be as rugged, and uh, and a solid defender at the same time. And could you? I didn't think I did too bad. <laughs> I used to get a lot of stick for it, but I, I didn't. I don't think I did too bad. You know, it's a yeah. it's a different style because you've got to be more available. It's a lot harder work. You've got to get yourself in to positions earlier. And um, but it was certainly a challenge. I mean, I think the style of forward didn't actually suit our players. I thought they were more robust and. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I think that cost uh, the manager his job in the end. Like you know, but mm. uh, but again, meeting meet new players, more different challenges. It's uh, you know, my, uh, getting towards that sort of like you know, twenty eight, twenty nine. It's um, it's uh, a new challenge, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, so, how long did you stay at Dorchester? Yeah, I was there for um, about two two and a bit years, and yeah. um, unfortunately, I'd uh, uh, fallen out with the manager because um, he turned around one day and said he, he didn't feel, feel that I was uh, trying hard enough and I think if anybody knows me as I said before it's the only way I know yeah. so uh, there was a few choice words one night and <laughs> um, I decided to leave because I couldn't couldn't cope with that I couldn't yeah. really and I, I really mean that as well I just couldn't cope with somebody telling me I couldn't I wasn't trying and uh, 
you know, I couldn't really. Um, and you knew you were trying. That well, was... it's the only way to play, and mm. you know, and if yeah, you have some bad games along the way, but uh, I certainly wasn't the worst player in that side. I, I know that for mm. sure, and uh, you know, and um, so I decided to leave. So no club, but you know, at that time, so I had to find somewhere to go, and uh, you know, when one door closes, you know, the old saying, another one opens. It really did open up for me because. You know, I went to a club, uh, Trowbridge Town, and um, you know, they again there started four years of absolute pleasure and joy of um, mixing in with phenomenal players up there and phenomenal fans. So, uh, you know, that then became a pivotal in my career, going up to Trowbridge, um, every, you know, two, three times a week, and um, and trying to do best for for an amazing small, you know, club. So, how old were you at that point then? Oh, now you're getting me. Uh, 28, 28, 20, yeah, around about 28, I reckon. Mm, old then. Getting really old <laughs> there, yeah. The funny thing was, was you know, during my football career up at Trowbridge, they uh, they were talking to me as being a solid defender at 29, and then the next season, literally, at the start of the season, they said, oh, the veteran, <laughs> Paul Thorpe, had re-signed. I thought, well, hang on, I mean, that wasn't a veteran last year, but... Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was a, an interesting uh, development. And um, but then uh, when you get to thirty years old, to, you know, some people decide to fade away, or some people decide to actually say, you know, I, I, with me, I was very much wanting to prove myself again. Mm. You know, could this thirty-year-old, thirty-two-year-old, thirty-three-year-old, thirty-four-year-old each season, could he keep carrying on? And for me, that was a real challenge for me. And uh, you know, for the latter part of my career, really. You know, strive me on to try and perform. I think Paul models himself on this next tune. It's called I'm a Lover, Not a Fighter by Tiny Temple. Well, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Leave a message after the beep. Hello? Somebody feeling the cap, somebody feeling the dust. I feel like who at the build away, I be stealing the spot. When all the shot is down, but she be stealing the shot. I shot for clothes when it's closed, that's why I feel like the boss. My vintage eBay watch, that's why I feel like the hawk. When gonna wait for no reason, you not to give me a drop. These crates giving me bollocks, that's why I give them a cross. These pots are getting too nosy, that's why I give them a snot. Cause I just triple my cost of living. Takes time I love the chicken, that's made in my boxy kitchen by Rosa Rocosta women. Come from disturbing London, the city of Foster children, grateful what God has given. Save us from constant in the city of God. I'm from the city of God. Bitch, I've been up in the shot. I've really been at the top. Separate the man from the man and find out who's real and who's not. Can't take the heat, then get out of the kitchen and give me the pot. You know what? Well, I'm a lover, not to fight ya. So I kiss that girl and say goodbye now. Ah, uh, shit. Cause I came to kick, not for arguments, no. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Yo, Hello? 
used to sit on the set sheets in a tennis spaghetti. Now women think that I'm sexy because I've been on the telly. Call that double seven the mileage spinning Pirelli. Some men go digging head for a cool and miss money penny. Is it real? Is it fake? Somebody give me a break. I grew up on minimum wage and I grew up in an estate. These rappers calling me proud and they can't even relate. And they even ready and willing to do anything that it takes. I saw my teacher from college. She said she thinks that I'm great. I'm finna give her the D cause she never give me an A. She's trying to get in my jeans. I'm trying to kick off my J's. Take off my D and G's and give her my DNA. Cause all these bitches be loving me. Sipping my bubbly. Watching hangover hungover be the quickest recovery. Couple bad grades. I did shit in my study leave. But now she wants my name and a kiss on them double D's and I love it. I've got too much love to burn. So by now, you really are a golden oldie, aren't you? I mean, you <laughs> are really dragging yourself off the Zimmer frame to get out there and play, yeah? Yeah, definitely. Did you ever Did you ever suffer any major injuries during your career? Yeah, yeah, a couple of times. Uh, not uh, More like broken uh, metatarsals, broken ribs. My hooter, bless it, has been, you know, <laughs> a, a good old 14 breaks and the cheekbones. Yeah, uh, it's all clash of heads. You know, the game has changed. We we talk about it in the podcast, don't we? Like the game has changed so much, and um, you know, nowadays it's very much a battle against the centre forward. And uh, with those comes a few injuries, like so. Uh, yeah, broken noses. Um, I once had me um, shin pad shattered and uh, a stud left in me me leg, so which was really quite a bad one. And then it, it flared up a bit, so I ended up in quarantine for a while and. Uh, but it's, it's part and part and parcel of um, being a sportsman is the is how you get over the injuries and and, and which is extremely any any sportsman tell you is extremely frustrating. But um, you have to get going and get that fitness back as soon as you can to uh, carry on with what you love doing. So we're still at Trowbridge at the moment. And what, what why why and when did that come to an end? <clears throat> oh, that that was quite sad because um, I done my full badge coaching I came then after that uh, Steve my brother-in-law Steve Rutter came became manager and, um, and at the end of the one season um, that we had a bit of a discussion and he just said to me that you know I could I needed to take a, a cutting work 50% cutting wages you know and that, that 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 to me was a little bit sad because I'd had an opportunity to move clubs and and uh, it was quite quite a deal to go up to Hells Owen. It would have been a long move, but it was an extremely good club at the time. And they, I was going to try and develop myself into this coach, and there was a big opportunity to do that at the same stage. And um, you know, I just felt that, it, that maybe at the time I hadn't been treated quite fairly enough. Um, well, I should get a bee in my bonnet a little bit at times, and um, you know, so I decided that 
it was unattainable really and I just decided I had to, to, to leave really it was, uh, I think I would have got a little bit of a bee in my bonnet if somebody said you were going to get half your wages from now well, on it wasn't so much that it was it, 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 well, yeah, there's always that, that part of it because money's important isn't it like, mm. if you are putting yourself out to put you know training twice a week plus play a game you know at a certain level of football then obviously but the club, the club was being poorly run you know, by the directors, and so that was a real shame. And unfortunately, they went bust. And mm. you know, but I understood it. I, I understood it. I just didn't take it particularly well, like you know. And it's uh, nobody's fault. It's just uh, one of those things. So I, you know, again, you know, you're then clubless, and you you find out, uh, you know, you just find out how, hopefully how good you are, because then obviously whether the phone starts ringing. And thankfully, the phone started, you know, ringing, and um, you know, I had an opportunity to go down to Taunton Town. Um, yeah, which was 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 fantastic because they had an amazing side and a massive battle at that level of football against um and against Tiverton. It was Martin Rogers did an mm. amazing job down down there. We also had a player a player manager called Russell Musker, who I knew from old Bristol City days, and um, you know we had a hell of a side down there. Um, I actually did think why well, you need us because he did have a hell of a side down there, but you know it was thankful of it, and uh, luckily I got into the side and stayed there and. You know, we had, um, I think it was three championships down at Taunton, um, two semi-finals of the FA Vars, which is like ends up at Wembley and um, narrowly, so narrowly missing out on both occasions. And um, again, you know, it gives you new um, new friendships, new new players to play with. And um, again, sort of when you're getting into the latter part of your career, or you think it is the latter part of your career, um, it's just fantastic to do. So... This was really, without putting too fine a point, getting towards the, the latter end of your career. Yeah, I, I'd how sort much of longer moved, did I'd you carry moved, on? I'd moved also to, to back to Newport for like a season, and then and then literally come back as well, like you know. But it's um because I just it, I had an affiliation with with like Newport County as well. Hmm. But yeah, I was looking to retire back after after Taunton, and um, you know, and then um, I get. Tony Pounder, the, you know, real famous in this area around Bristol and Hereford area, and he's uh, give me a call one night and said, uh, "Froom Town want to talk to us." So, and I was actually literally going to hang my boots up, and um, we went up to Froom had a chat with them, came back with a, you know, quite an amazing offer for the age we were. Yeah. And um, again, it started off something that was because they were bottom of the league, they were bottom of the Western League, and I'm sort of like. Uh, you know, 38, 39 years of age, and uh, so really old, then. really, really old then. You know, <laughs> I mean, for women now, but you know, and then they you, know, you start up there, and it, I remember the first game, and you know, they sort of talk about it like, oh, there was 37 men in his dog. There literally was 37 people there, and a dog watching us. <laughs> they were bottom of the league. This new team coming in, lots of like young ex Yeovertown youngsters who've been very unlucky not to get pro contracts and again for me that became an absolutely memorable time because I've now got friends of a younger age that are trying to keep me going <laughs> you know and I really appreciate their friendship and um, you know and we had um, we narrowly missed that season's uh, championship by by a couple of points and, and I remember Tony Pounder and me going getting the players after and said like um, you know we were disappointed you know and said like lads we've let ourselves down we've let ourselves down badly you know, so nobody's going anywhere. If you've got offers, don't go. Stay with us because next year we've got unfinished business. And uh, you know, and then thankfully the next year we actually won a championship. So they've gone from 
the bottom of the Western League to champions, champions in literally two seasons, which was a phenomenal effort. Because and all yeah. thanks to you and Tony. Not just thanks to me, no <laughs> way. But you know, so uh, there was a lot of effort from likes of Neil Smith. You know, uh, lots of young players coming through and exciting players and like, players that really, really should have got pro contracts at Yeovil and didn't get them. And mm. uh, you know, we were able to bond together and um, you know, uh, and finish the job off after two seasons. But when I say it's all thanks to you and Tom, but I mean, you were obviously the catalyst to, to maybe this, this sort of change happening. Well, I think that was their thinking, you know, and thankfully it worked. You know, yeah. um, you know we had a manager there, Simon White, who was very, very prominent at that time. And uh, he, he knew that, I'm sure this is his way of thinking, he knew that if he got us fit, even us oldies, that we had the ability in that squad to be able to to, to win the league, and uh, and he was damn right. You know, he was absolutely spot on. His uh, style of management was strong. You know, it was powerful. He he demanded certain things, but that that's what it needed, and he had the right characters in the side to to be able to do that. So, nonetheless, though this was getting towards the end, was it now? Well, yeah, I I, I then became um, you know quite strangely really became. Um, Player manager up at Froome, you know, mm. and um, after Simon had left, and um, you know, I was there for for another season and a half, trying to develop the squad in into to a, you know another championship side, and you know, and again, you know, these things happen in football. It didn't quite happen, and a more experienced manager became available, and uh, rightfully so, you know, not saying rightfully so. I didn't want to get the sack, but you could see why they made that change, and. Um, you know, and good on them, and uh, they've gone on the strength and strength. I mean, now, Froome Town are playing Southern League football, a very, very good standard, extremely well-run club, and uh, I'd like to think that, um, you know, we, we we were part of that success. So, um, you know, football, you're still involved in the context that uh, you're an expert football commentator <laughs> on Three Valleys Radio of course and we are very honoured and privileged to have you on board the team especially because you don't get paid a pretty penny which <laughs> doesn't help but you know I think you, 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 you've you shown your experience when I've listened to you and you know I think you're brilliant at it and, and it's, it's I'm pleased that we're able to offer you the opportunity to sort of stay indirectly in touch with football and, and be involved still yeah well football's you know anybody knows me football is my passion my wife goes mad when I watch a game probably for the second or third time mm. and analyse it but it is my passion and um, yeah now I've got this opportunity to uh, let the viewers um, hopefully understand the game a little bit more and how uh, maybe some of the pros uh, and, and semi-professional people look at the, the, the style of football and how it's played you know, it's, it helps obviously doing your coaching badges and uh, many a time my, myself and Steve Ryder are discussing our ways of uh, of way things should be done and he's normally right but uh, <laughs> you know he's a vastly more experienced coach than I am but uh, he's, uh, it does give me the opportunity to stay in football and I absolutely adore it and, um, and I'll make it continue well I think that's an opportune moment to say thank you ever so much Paul for coming back for take two and I shall make sure in a second that we we saved this problem this time <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and obviously thanks for all your help on Three Valleys Radio so thank you very much Paul for joining us um, as I say don't forget to listen to Three Valleys Radio Saturday afternoons when you're over at home you'll hear the dulcet tones of Paul Thorpe on the radio so thanks for listening and join us again shortly bye bye 
It's time for Glover's Golden Oldies. A look back at some of the Glover's heroes from recent years. 